last time so I know and you know what I'm holding you directly responsible you, you, you know that fun game that idiots play of trying to say well you had a cold and now I've got a cold therefore you're to blame <laughs> A why do you need to blame someone B how many people do you interact with in your day to day life you're going to pin it on one person because yeah, they were yeah, also yeah. sick oh yep. my god well, I mean, I'm on the tail end of mine, so is yours an up-and-comer, or has it been steadily ticking by is, in the is, background? Is mine an up-and-comer? Yeah, man, it's just going to shoot <laughs> it's, it's gonna shoot for the stars. My, my cold's going number one with a bullet. Um, and you are on the tail end, so not the sonic end, you're on the tails end of the... Oh, Jesus Christ, sure. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the best way of framing that, I suppose. Those are the two options. Yeah. Or my miles per hour had quite low at this point yeah. <laughs> in whereas, regards to my cold, I suppose. Whereas I, I feel like, because I'm in the early stage of this cold, I just feel like I've been hit in the face with some knuckles. Yeah, you know? I was wondering how you're going to work knuckles into it. I'm like, it's going to be something about being punched in the face. It's got a cold, <laughs> that's how you feel. Episode 36 of Pods in the Key of Spooky Springfield. Springfield. Pods in the Key of Spooky <laughs> Springfield. Um, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm now looking at episode 36 to see if there's any scary thing I can make there. Um, no, I can't. Today we're looking at... But just from the phrase 36? Yeah. Or the number? That's yeah, not a phrase. The, the, the phrase, yeah. The well-known... Uh, bon Mott, 36. Well, did anything um, bad happen in 1936? I mean, Hitler was on the rise. Maybe that's not worth digging into. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've swung real hard there. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, and I f- it's quite refreshing to finally have a forum in which to admit this, my knowledge of every detail that happened in 1936, pretty scant. What about 1966? Oh, well, <laughs> there was an album released in that year, James. Which one? Uh, the Beatles' Revolver album. I, I don't know if that's so gr- I don't know if that's ground we've covered. So or. I was hoping that you would just know another album that came out that year and it would be a whole thing. But uh, um, So I really uh, I overstepped my bounds there. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say Jerry and the Pacemakers released something in 1966. Jerry and the Pacemakers? I'm going to have a quick squeeze. Jerry! Jerry and the Pacemakers. Was that Penny and the Jets? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jerry. Um, someone was telling me that apparently Benny and the Jets is slang for speed and meth. That sounds about right. So that whole song's just about... Because um, I think the first draft of Methy and the Speeds was not quite as catchy. <laughs> Methy and the Speeds. Jerry and the Pacemakers. These are the people that did You Will Never Walk Alone, but you knew that. So which uh, which episode of The Simpsons did we watch today? Hang on a minute. I've got, this a, podcast. I've got to tie off this bloody thing now. Uh, just you like a rattling noise in the background, by the way? Uh, what was that? Ra- well, it was... Oh, shit, there's a waveform there when neither of us are talking. Huh. Oh. That's weird. Um... <clears throat> What are you looking up? You're still looking up in 19- Jerry and the Pacemakers in, in, or whatever they were called? In 1966, Jerry and the Pacemakers released a song called La La La. Good, I'm glad we got to the bomb of that. They also released... La La La, which was of Wait. course the song that the pig babe performed in the movie Babe. <laughs> 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 
Oh, now I'm just picturing the dumb big, thing to... the, the big flubby faced, moon faced man from Jerry and the Pacemakers standing up there with the guitar and going, la la la. <laughs> and that being the end of the performance. Um, oh, God. They also released in 1966, they also released Big Bright Green Pleasure Machine, which is weird because I thought that was a Simon and Garfunkel song. Okay, so today on the podcast. Oh, today on the podcast, we're looking at season four, episode five. Three House of Horror. Yeah. Three uh, House of Horror 3. Three House of Horror 3. Three Ooh, House. Spooky. Three House of Horror. Three House of Horror. Um, and, you know, these these episodes do tend to get a little bit uh, spooky. Strange things happen. A little when, terrifying, yeah. When I turned on the computer to record, I looked over at the computer and it was playing uh, Under the Sea. <laughs> My computer had somehow opened Chrome, gone to YouTube, and started playing <laughs> Under the Sea. With no input from me, <laughs> what a state in which to be. <laughs> yeah, okay. I am rhyming coupletly. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. Um, now, I've written an alarmingly small patch of notes. Yeah, for, you have very few. I wrote one, two, two and a half pages. Three, four, five, six. I have six lines and a total of probably 24 words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... 24 words maybe encompasses my first note Two, four, <laughs> for this episode. Four, so that's ten. Oh, wow, it's not, I'm not even going to hit the 20s. Uh, 12, uh, 15. I've got 19 words. <coughs> well, we open with one of those uh, those warnings that these three House of Horror episodes used to open with, saying, you know, don't let your kids watch this. It's spooky. Spooky. But I like that by the third one, they've already slipped into self-parody. And they say, look... If you uh, if you don't feel comfortable with this, then uh, you're a wimp. Yes. Uh, fuck off right now. Oh, is that? I mean, I feel like that's a slight paraphrasing of the warning that I heard. Those are the exact words, I believe. Hello, my <laughs> name is Homer. Homer from The Simpsons. Homer Simpson. That's me. Right. The Simpson family. Uh, if you if you're a scared little boy or a little wimp, uh, fuck off. That's what he says. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you hear the laughter of a child? Yeah, something like that. It's weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. So anyway, the um, I think we're going to do this as one of our standalone uh, Three House of Horror episodes. Where we... <laughs> a standalone Three House of Horror episodes, <laughs> yes. which we typically call them, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, where instead of doing two episodes, <clears throat> because, you know, these things have the three-act structure, there's just so much we can delve into. Yeah. So into it we will delve. Let's delve. Let's delve. Uh, so I love that. The, I, I love this introduction thing because I like that they've already gone to self-parody. It's just so confident to just walk out of there and say, all right, we're not really worried anymore about whether you find this too scary. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, and the whole, like, uh, you know, there are some crybabies religious types mostly. Like, they're swinging hard at the oh, start of this episode. And, and th- that warning section is packed with so many jokes. Yeah. Um, it's really densely uh, uh, packed. <laughs> I tried to think of a synonym for packed. <laughs> couldn't. Damn it. It's densely packed, unlike my vocabulary. Yeah, it's very is, uh, it's uh, good. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. <laughs> Fuck. I would say it's good. God. Well, it's good to see that our energy's up, but our brain capacity is very low today. Yeah. I'd say that my ability to come up with things is um, not as uh, good as, <clears throat> as I would like. It's a perfectly cromulent observation. Yeah, so... Uh, my first note Let's talk is, about this episode of The Simpsons. My first note is carpet samples. I really enjoy that Homer says he'll swear on the Bible, and then Marge says it's a book of carpet samples. Where do you get the book of carpet samples? But also... Uh, 
it's given me a lifelong dream that I'm yet to enact, which is basically to go from hotel room to hotel room, take out the Bible and replace it with a book of carpet samples. <laughs> you have see, very little carpet in your house, so I notices. don't know if you've ever need, had need for a book of carpet samples. Um, well, it's, it's, your upstairs is carpeted, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, my upstairs is yeah. carpeted. It's funny, you, which sounds like a euphemism, but it's not. <laughs> uh, oh, did you hear his upstairs is carpeted? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> what does that mean to me? I don't even know. <laughs> Um, uh, it's funny you should say that though because when I bought this place each one each of the the houses in this block had a predefined colour scheme and I was meant to get like a sandy coloured carpet but I didn't want a sandy coloured carpet because you know what I am a fucking grot (laughs) I am so messy all the time so I actually did look at carpet samples and got it switched to this lovely charcoal grey that we can see here on my stairs. How very adult of you, picking out the colour you want. I know, I, I also like that I'm carrying the tradition of you just make a throwaway comment about something <laughs> dull and I've got an anecdote immediately off the back of it. I've never, I've never had a need to buy any carpet, I'm not a real adult yet, so maybe someday. Maybe someday you'll buy some carpet. Maybe. I believe in you, man. Well, thank you. Shall we start a GoFundMe so that you can buy some carpet? <laughs> or at least get the book of samples to flick through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what a dire financial situation you and I are in if we need to raise money for you to get a free book of samples. That's if our Patreon hits $5 a month, I get the carpet samples. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could just go to Solomon's Flooring and steal the sample book. Well, not now that you've mentioned it on a podcast. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, Solomon is out there listening. He's like, oh, I don't know. I think this guy's <laughs> going to come and steal my samples. I can really hear that child laughing. By I know. The way. It's re- it, it, I'm starting to feel like my house is haunted, and I don't even believe in ghosts. No, but, you know, sometimes when the evidence really builds up, and we've established there might not be a ghost. There might be a ghoul, though, I think, in your house. And I think a plane's flying overhead. Is that <laughs> is that related to the haunting? You think it's a ghost plane? Wait, if we've got motorbike Mike, was that like plain Paul? <laughs> plain Paul, who is in many ways the, I don't know what we're up to now, ninth member of Pods in the Key of Springfield? He's ninth, and also the most nondescript. He's just so plain. <laughs> I like the Bard is dressed up as the guy from A Clockwork Orange. Have you seen A Clockwork Orange? Uh, I've read Clockwork Orange. Ooh, so have I. What do you think of it? Uh, um, Welcome to Literary Corner. Um, uh, yes, Droogs. It was a. <laughs> it was a dandy bit of uh, lead. It was a dandy happenstance. I don't really remember. It's the been language. a long time since I've read the book. Um, I read that in. Someone once gave me as a Christmas present a box set of Penguin books, yeah. but it was the banned books. So Ooh. it was all the books that have at some point in some country been banned. So there was Clockwork Orange. There was Lolita. Uh, there was yep. um, some other some other books. Now I'm I read Clockwork Orange and Lolita and clearly forgot the rest. Lolita's very good, but you know how hum, um, Humbert Humbert? Yes, Hubert Hubert. Hubert Humbert. Humbert. I don't know, but what you know you know how sometimes with you you're hard to predict. And I hear <laughs> that you received this book, this book said, and I'm thinking Nick would have been either very pleased or really irritated by this gift. I'm not sure which. Oh no, I was really pleased by it. There because, we go. Okay, because. Um, uh, I mean, look, okay, books, whatever. But <laughs> but um, because because I'm such a bloody... Oh, my God. Because I'm such a, you know, shopping centre punk, 
Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the the fight the man stance of having the band fight books, the power, sure, yeah. Despite the fact that they're clearly no longer banned because they're being <laughs> sold by Penguin, the most vanilla of all book companies. Um, you know, I enjoyed the, the the punk rock ethos of reading, you know, dangerous books. <laughs> I can imagine you just sitting in public reading a copy of Lolita, just looking around like provocatively. I had a, a, a friend when I was doing when I was studying journalism. I had a friend who uh, used to just sit on the train reading the Quran <laughs> just to be provocative in like two thousand and five. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, has anyone ever said anything to you about it? No. I'm like, oh, I don't think you'd be. How white was this person? Extremely white. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a little concerning that my response was extremely white and your response was good. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't dump you. Well, what I meant was I know, I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. I know what you meant. I was just being, I was just being a, that cheeky little shopping mall punk that I am. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, you were. You sure? I know. So, so Nabokov was the original <laughs> punk rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Nabokov, the author of Lolita. Yeah. So I was paying attention. Oh, nah. But I'm actually wearing. I'm wearing a jumper of a record label, and it's was, the record label is an independent punk label started by a guy called Pete, so it's yep. called P Records, but I do enjoy, because it's P-E-E Records, yep. I do enjoy P- that sometimes... E. <laughs> fucking wonderful. I do enjoy sometimes the idea of I wear this uh. shirt and people are like, is that like a souvenir he got from some like urine-based record setting festival? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, they're playing that game at the start where you hand around a bunch of food items and pretend they're parts of a dead body, which sure. I guess is a standard game. I, I guess, only know yeah. about it because of The Simpsons. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it in any other uh, form of pop culture, and I've certainly never partaken, if you will. So they've got grapes as eyeballs, yes. which, sure, I mean, I think you should probably peel the grapes first, but okay, whatever. Oh, they should be peeled grapes, shouldn't they? Yep, you got spaghetti as hair, you know, uh, he's ready, mum's spaghetti, you know, he's sweating already, well, however that song goes. Uh, Wait, are you saying that Lose Yourself is actually a song about the, the zombie uprising? <laughs> sure, why not? That's weird. And then, here's the here's the point I'm getting to, the third one, where Marge says, and these are his brains. Yeah. She hands around a, a steak. What looks to be a T-bone steak. Yeah, a T-bone steak. Now, if you're going to pass something off as brains, T-bone steak doesn't seem like the thing to pass off as a brain. T-bone steak is not your option. There's what, a big bone in the middle of what, it. What would you do as a food stand? Well, if, if you're going purely on... So, I'm going to flip the game on its head. Mm. If you were going purely on visual, this is a representation of an old brain, yep. you'd go for a walnut. <laughs> Walnuts look an awful... Like, a whole... A whole walnut in its shell. Yeah, but you're not going for visual at all, though. You're going. Yeah, for I know. That. That's why I said I'm, I'm flipping on its head. But because I mostly did that because I thought, what food looks like a brain? Oh, walnuts. And then realised I didn't have a tactile version, so I decided sure. to flip the entire game on its head. Have you got a tactile stand-in for brains? I mean, the obvious one would be like lamb's brains or something like that. But oh, but 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 what I'm thinking is, you want like a vegetarian alternative, right? You don't want to just have spoiled meat floating around. I, think, I feel like the closest you could get is maybe like a, you hand around like a bowl of porridge and say it's a brain in there. A bowl of porridge and people have to dip their hand into the porridge. I feel like you could maybe get away with that. Right, that's an interesting one. I feel what? like people don't necessarily know what the texture of a brain is going to be. Sure. What if 
What if you handed around uh, cauliflower and said that the brain was desiccated? Imagine like a, a head of cauliflower and you say, oh, because it's dried now, yep. it's gone all kind of... That's pretty good. Like cauliflower. All right, so next Halloween. That's the, uh, that's I, the plan. I reckon... Well, a, I like spaghetti as hair, really, either. I'd go with like a maybe a thinner noodle than a spaghetti, but... <coughs> a thinner... Would you go with angel hair? Pasta? Ooh, I might. Yeah. Because so, that has a resemblance to hair. Actually, you know, you know what I would use for the hair? And once again, I would play up the dried aspect of this. Although it's not as gross if it's dried, now that I think about it. But I would go for those very thin, like, Vietnamese vermicelli noodles. Yep. But, yeah, you'd need them softened. Just buy a wig. Who cares? Well, it's not really food, though, James. <laughs> it's keeping a dead person's hair. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I but, mean, the brain, as we learned uh, last season, you can implant into a robot and then the robot will gain sentience. Yeah, by the way, I do apologise about the cauliflower robot that I have in the corner. <laughs> um, th- that was an experiment that did not work. Yeah, it's been stumbling around in the corner begging for death. For it's been <laughs> stumbling around in the corner for death. <laughs> Nearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nearly got there with that. With this cauliflower brain that was implanted. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about the first segment of three of this episode that we have not gotten to yet? Yes, I think we should. Can I say my next note? Yes. I really enjoy that when it cuts out of Halloween (coughs) and... Oh, no, sorry. Mm. Yes, it's in the story. Mm. When they go to Bart's birthday, I love that they've bothered to make a banner that says Happy Birthday, Bart. (laughs) Not a generic Happy Birthday banner. Because I remember when I was a kid, every family birthday, you'd buy those. Remember that, that shiny foil banner? That oh, would have, I remember the shiny yeah. foil and, banner. And you'd hang the, you know, you'd unroll that and hang that up around the room. Yeah, and then it'd, it'd be say, like, happy birthday, Nick, then your surname. No, yeah. James, I'm making the opposite point. The point <laughs> is that it was always a generic thing because, you know, there's a, uh, an underlying presumption that you know the person whose birthday it is that you're there to celebrate. Whereas I was going to go for a more abstract joke that the generic version still included your name for some reason, but <laughs> it would have been a hard, hard road to walk down, I think, too. So, someone who worked at the Banner Factory was just a big fan of me, and they wanted to find ways to let me know. Um, that was great. I, I spent, well, I did some, no, that, that joke doesn't make any sense. I was about to say I did some work experience there, and it was a real Banner year for me, but I don't know if Banner years are good enough. Anyway, and I'm laughing at that, so harder than it deserves. <laughs> Um, uh, but this is so. This is an event in their house that only they attend, and yet they bothered to make a happy birthday Bart banner. Happy birthday, Bart! So we're going a clown without pity. It's the first segment of Tree House of Horror, Three House of Horror, Three House of Horror, in which uh, this is the one with the haunted crusty doll and the Frogit Exchange. That's what everyone remembers it for. Yes, the Frogit Exchange. Yes. Which you know what? I was thinking has because that's become. You know, the, the whole Frogit Exchange has become very heavily memeified. But even before mm. memes, like internet memes, really existed, mm. everyone would go back and forth with the Frogit Exchange. Yeah. I remember doing it at school. I remember writing essays on it. I remember being banned from English You're as a result essay of it. What? Uh, uh, there may have been some fibs in there, but um, <laughs> it really holds up. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to burn out on it, but I still got heaps of enjoyment from it. I always wondered, like, what effect did this scene have on the Frogit industry? That's really I feel question. like you can't get frozen yogurt without thinking about this. Just like you can't drink Kool-Aid without thinking about the Jonestown Massacre. I often think about that. The poor, like, imagine being the poor marketing person <coughs> at Kool-Aid. Just walk into the office. How's everyone doing today? Well, <laughs> we got some bad news. Uh, especially when 
and now I'm skating on very thin ice because I'm going to mention a fact. Jonestown <laughs> wasn't actually Kool-Aid. It wasn't was, it? No, it was another powdered cordial. Um, but for some reason, the report... like. There are photos that literally confirm it was not Kool-Aid, but it was reported as Kool-Aid, so everyone just ran with it. Are you sure that's not some sort of grand conspiracy theory and that you yourself haven't drunk the Kool-Aid, as it were? I see what you've done there, James. It's ruined forever. <laughs> I have been bursting through uh, walls shouting, hey, hey, dressed as a big jug. Yeah. But I mean... That's just, just to avoid copyright, because of course the jug itself says, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, I was thinking of uh, Krusty Aid. The, um, hey, hey, Jug. It's a very croaky hey, hey, I enjoyed it. I have barely any throat left. (laughs) I'm mad husky today. Yeah. Well, this would be fun, like last episode where my voice just cacked out about 15 minutes in. I'm Nick, by the way. (laughs) And that's James. And we can't explain the third voice that we keep hearing. You're still hearing that, right? Yeah, it's it's coming through quite loud. I mean, every now and then, there's a chuckle in my headphones, and I'm yeah, getting... It sounds like a child's laughter. Yeah, which is... And, like, rustling, and... <coughs> what, is that your friend, Russ Ling? <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Ling, first name Russ. I'm a friend of James. You can hear me in episode 36 of Pods in the Key of Springfield. <laughs> Should we... Should we figure out the character arc of Rustling? <laughs> what does he do? Or should that just be a standalone thing? Oh, that should be a standalone... No, we'll make it a standalone Ling thing. We'll start a new thing. We'll start another miniseries. So then we'll have the Eat My Shorts miniseries. We'll have the 22 long flims of or otherwise tangentially related to Springfield. And then we'll have Ling things where we just talk about your friend Rustling. How far up our own asses can we crawl? <laughs> So very, very far. <laughs> oh, man. So this episode, um, <coughs> watching it, I had this real sense that the people writing and making The Simpsons are starting to get very, like, uh, rich people ideas about how the world works. Because oh. there's a segment early on with a grandpa giving Bart a bunch of birthday money. Sure. And he says, Grandpa, where'd you get all the money? I'm Bart. And um, Grandpa says, the government... I didn't earn it, I don't need it, but if they miss one payment, they'll be held to pay, something like that. Sure. Not a great perspective on welfare and how it works. And, yeah. And um, how pensions operate, and, uh, I mean, it's also weird because uh, the whole point about Grandpa is he's, like, in a home that his family has put him in and has, like, very little autonomy. And just, yeah. Uh, could probably use some extra money. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, the, the, you know, they... They say that, and then I sit there going, wait, how am I meant to interpret it? Like, <laughs> what side of the issue are you coming down yeah. on, Simpsons writers? Yeah, because the, like, the joke only really works if welfare is something people like inherently exploit to yeah. uh, avoid having to work. And, mm. you know, it's not a fair critique of <coughs> the purpose of welfare, really. I agree, it's not a fair critique of the purpose of welfare. So it's one of those weird little, like, oh, this was written by a rich person <laughs> jokes that they just sort of drop in. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I've got nothing to rip off. So didn't love that. Rest of the episode, very good. Rest of the episode, very good. Yeah, there's a bit where a door uh, slams into Millhouse and hurts him badly. Oh, good man. children getting hurt jokes Some in this cracking. episode of The Simpsons. And you know what? Not only children getting hurt jokes, but children getting hurt while playing Pin the Tail on the Donkey, which is my favourite yeah. <laughs> subset of the children getting hurt type of joke. Um, he, he gets really, really slammed by that door. <laughs> yeah. 
And then we don't I mean, see him again. I mean, Millhouse is just a paste now. Ah, <laughs> uh, that poor little boy. Is it called Pin the Tail on the Donkey in other countries? I assume so. I, I, I would think so. It might be like, uh, put this on the ass or something. <laughs> put this on the ass! Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an ass. It's a... The merchandising game from, from Preparation H. <laughs> put it on the ass. Put it on the ass. <laughs> I wonder if they do that at the, um, at the Christmas party for the people that make Preparation H popular hemorrhoid treatment. <laughs> where you get blindfolded and up on the wall there's a big picture of an ass. <laughs> and then everyone plays... Pin the preparation and put it on the ass. Put it on the ass. <laughs> you keep just repeating that phrase because you can't think of a second joke. It's, it's funny every time. It's so. Why would I bother thinking of other jokes when we've got put it, on the, put it on the ass? Put it on the ass. Hey, rustling, it's your turn. Put it on the ass. Okay, so we've decided... Uh, Mr. Ling, what are you doing here? You don't work for Preparation H. <laughs> you don't work for Preparation H. So I know that's the first rule of improv is you don't shut down something somebody's saying, but I'm doing it anyway. Oh, no, that's funny. I think a good no but is is uh, sometimes a handy replacement for a good yes and. Well, uh, yes and this is a good this is a good episode of The Simpsons that we should probably talk more about. I like... Uh, I, just, I like... I, I could just hear more rustling and now it looks like there's an iPhone floating <laughs> above my couch. What is going... Is my house haunted by a child? Well, I think when you talk about an episode as spooky as Three House of Horror... Ooh. Uh, yeah, I think things start to happen. I think, you know, the forces that might <coughs> exist within your home really come to the fore right. during a discussion like this. It's like when you have a Ouija board and you want to <laughs> sure. summon up some Ouija's. <laughs> I went up some Ouija's. Yeah. Tremendous. Oh, have, uh, you he- have you heard of that that uh, tribute band, the Ouija's? They do Bee Gees cover songs, <laughs> but through the medium of a Ouija board. Very, qui- very quiet gig. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> it's great. It's, and then you get a whole bunch of people going, ah, 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 S, T... Hey, oh, it's staying alive. Why? <laughs> I. I thought of the art uh, 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 joke and decided it was worth running. It wasn't. I think it was good. I don't know any BG songs, so I would have uh, joined in. I only know staying alive. Um, we, oh, you know my favourite fact about staying alive? <laughs> Do you know that song caused like international outrage at one point? This seems worth talking about. <laughs> in in about in about I want to say it was two thousand <coughs> two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten. Sure. Um, because you know how in the, in the last like 15 years, it's become a big thing for Australians to travel over to Gallipoli for Anzac Day. Sure. Um, you know, up there on the Turkish peninsula where the horrible World War II battle happened. Yeah. And, oh wait, Anzac Day or Remembrance Day? Fuck, I'm showing my ignorance now. Probably Remembrance Day. Wait, 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 um, (coughs) Gallipoli was World War One, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was two, but I whatever. Um, I'm not very good at history. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was World War One because it, I've yeah. God, I hope I'm right about that. That'd you know be very who embarrassing we, if I wasn't. You know who we need to ask? Our good pod friends at Adelol, who just this week <laughs> were voted South Australian History Council Emerging Historian of the Year, which is excellent. But um, Adelol should not do an episode about Gallipoli. To be clear, then. Too much of a comedy podcast to talk about a genuinely horrific event. No, that's not... They shouldn't do that. But 
at some point prior to the dawn service, they mm. had like the big PA system and they were playing songs and stuff. And then one of the songs they played was Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> and, That's bad. And everyone was like, whoa, 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 let's not play a song called Staying Alive when we're here to celebrate thousands of people dying. Celebra- celebrate? <clears throat> Commemorate. Thousands of people dying in war. Anyway. I mean... The Bee Gees didn't really do that themselves, though. Oh, no, right. <laughs> the way you went into that. Oh, did the I, Bee Gees showed up. Did I not mention that Robin Gibb was the DJ that day? <laughs> or Barry Gibb, whichever one's still alive. Man, that was um, a lot of anecdotes involving things we probably don't know enough about. Yeah, I know. Really to get to. Oh, actually, here's something fun I'm going to do. And now we're going to cross to James in the editing bay to give us the correct facts about what just happened. Uh, Gallipoli was indeed from the First World War. And uh, Barry, Barry Gibb is the surviving BG. This is James, uh, by the way. Uh, Homer's dirty socks are very colourful. That's my next line. Sure. I love how expressive the Krusty doll is. Like, uh, very expressive. All the facial... Like, this seems like classic David Silverman to me. I assume David uh, Silverman, if you're listening. David Silverman. Yeah. The silver man of The Simpsons. Mm. Uh, yeah, God, we have gone for ages and said nothing. So uh, I should dig into some more stuff here. I really... You're the one with the notes. I really like how funny this Treehouse of Horror is. I feel like this one has more jokes than the previous ones. It's just a cavalcade of uh, things. And I like that Krusty wants to fuck another doll. Yeah. Yeah, how does that work? What are the logistics involved in? He wants to go absolutely Sonic the Hedgehog on Malibu (laughs) Stacey. Jesus, are we still going with that? I don't know. It's. I mean, at this point, I don't know what is a good running joke and what's a bad running joke. I should ask your friend, Russ Link. Um, <laughs> well. Um, no, I'm... <clears throat> if, if the premise of your question was for me to explain uh, the, the mechanics of how the Krusty doll's going to uh, shag the Malibu Stacey doll, I'm not sure that I'm properly qualified to go into that. Well, um, I've got a lot more notes just on this first segment. Should we just sort of run through them quickly so we yeah, can sure. move on to <laughs> Actually, my throat's about to die. I'm going to get a glass of water. Do you want to hit some notes while I just, like, remove myself from the situation? I'll okay, sure thing. It'll just be me and the ghost that is haunting your house. Yes. So, uh, let's see. Looking at my notes here, we've got... My baloney has a first name pops up in this episode. I like that whole segment. I don't know where it came from. I don't know... I guess it's like a, a, a Oscar Mayer Wiener joke or something. Uh... My baloney has a first name, it's H-O-M-E-R, that's nice. Uh, at one point in the episode, they go to a bottomless pit that Homer throws the doll down, and I like the bottomless pit because it looks like a genuine ramshackle pit that is formed by itself. It doesn't look like something somebody dug, it's a shitty pit. It's a shitty uh, pit. And uh, I enjoy that, and the fact that there's a big sign saying bottomless pit. Uh, there's a very weird and bad joke about Whoopi Goldberg that has aged very poorly. And yeah, was Whoopi pretty... Goldberg really caught some shrapnel in this yeah. one, doesn't she? The joke is basically like, she probably doesn't look good naked, yeah. which is an awful joke. Everyone looks good naked. Well. <laughs> so what I did there was probably swing too hard in the opposite direction. <clears throat> anyway. Um, this episode has a good uh, j- joke with hold music, which I feel was a big thing on The Simpsons. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Everybody loves a clown, so why don't you? Thematic, Perfect. Um, thematically appropriate hold music. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, yeah. T-A-H-M. Tom. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what would be an interesting... Uh, actually, this wouldn't be good at all. Um, 
I was thinking it'd be a fun little internet project to take to, to do a supercut of all the hold music stuff, but replace it all with oh god. Um, hang Some on. of the computers I'll... haunted now. The newest Windows feature updates ready to install. You need to. We need to kick you. No, fuck that. We need you to kick it off with new features and apps. This R- could take a little. Mind me later. Mind me later. Um, sorry, I was interrupted by the the ghost of Windows update in my computer. Um, uh, the ghost in the machine, quite it'd, literally. It'd be interesting to do a uh, supercut of all the hold music things, but replace all of the music with simplicity. That uh, reply all best ever hold music thing. Reply all, not familiar with it. Oh, it's a podcast. Oh, okay. Mm. Podcast anagram of podcasts. Not really a joke. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, what do your notes say? <coughs> One more note from Clown Without Pity. The bit at the end where Krusty's turned back into a good doll. Good doll. And Homer says, Did you take the dog for a walk? I'm Homer. And Krusty says, uh, Yeah, he buried me a bunch of times. And then Homer says, yeah, dogs like to bury off junk. Yes. That's become one of my go-to lines. One of the things that I just throw into everyday conversation, the line, yeah, dogs like to bury off junk. Nice. Always a thing that I found amusing. Do Uh, you use that when dogs are buried things or just all the time? I use it to indicate that people are junk and the things that they do are worthless. (laughs) Fair, fair. I don't turn my page. Ooh, a spooky page turning noise. Ooh. (laughs) Yes. I'm not going to make another rustling joke. <laughs> I get it. Good. Spooky old rustling. I feel like that's the uh, <laughs> that's the last one. <laughs> it's like you're cutting me off. No, that's like the end point. On right, that's the natural yes. progression. Okay. Yes. 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 It's like the page rustle. It's like finally my spirit can be free. <laughs> Great. So we've just. We've just done a paper-based exorcism of rustling from your notebook. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Sweet. He ain't no paperback man anymore. <laughs> Hollaback girl reference. Yeah. Fuck. How you, how, how's your back feeling after that stretch? Well, we made, I made another one a few episodes ago. Oh, and did we you? talked about oh, it and, fuck. you know, it's like, it's a callback, Nick. Oh, yeah. Bananas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, so let's jump into the next segment, which is told by Grandpapa Simpson, who says that he has lived an uninteresting life, but has seen many movies, which is the most I've ever identified with Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> very good. So we get into this segment, which is a very broad parody of the movie King of Kong, which of course was the documentary about Steve Weeb and uh, Billy Mitchell and Steve Weeb breaking the uh, That's funny. Donkey Kong world record. Have you seen the movie King of Kong? Uh, no, I haven't, but I do know that that record no longer stands. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you think about that? Billy Mitchell being disbarred because it turned out he was using emulators. An emulator, yeah. I love that someone bothered. I love that someone gave enough of a fuck to go do a screen by screen analysis. Sorry, a frame by frame analysis of the footage and determined that by the way the image was refreshing, that mm. it was not on a traditional console, it was through an emulator. See, if you had watched this <clears throat> documentary, you would know about the number of fucks given. In this whole area, by like oh. twin galaxies and all the people, twin, and then there were there were twin, there was that other twin twin what twin galaxies. Oh, I'm I'm not used to hearing you say words oh, okay. after twin that aren't peaks. <laughs> yeah, well, um, twin I... twin peaks galaxies. That's like your bedroom. I assume. I assume you live in a bedroom that's surrounded by Twin Peaks merchandise. Am I wrong? <laughs> you assume I live in a bedroom. <laughs> that's the uh. <laughs> 
Okay, maybe not live in a bedroom, but there is a bedroom where you live. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. In yeah, which I sleep. It's the Twin Peaks. And galaxy. I have my Twin Peaks dreams because I'm like the dreamer who dreams and then lives inside the dream. But who is the dreamer? It's me, Sneaky Peaks. Sneaky Peaks. I like the dreamer dreams and then lives inside the dream. Sneaky Peaks. And Sting. Have you seen any of the King Kong movies? Oh, I saw the 2010 one. There was one around then, wasn't there? No. Just called Kong. No, none of that's correct. There was one in 2005 or six. Oh, okay. It was called King Kong. Okay, Directed yes. by Peter Jackson. Yes, 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 yes. The, yeah, the guy that makes suits. Yeah, sure. And then... There's a suit shop in Adelaide Yeah, it took Peter me a Jackson. moment, but yeah. <laughs> Cool. He's good friends with Peter Shearer, the other yeah. guy that makes suits. God, none of those are even worth explaining. But uh, then no. last year there was They Kong. used to hang out with an old lady called Joy Reen. <laughs> I'll keep going with Adelaide fashion. There was uh, Kong Skull Island last year, which I didn't think much of, but a lot of people liked. Then I often... hear they're coming out soon with Kong Candy Apple Island, though. Yeah, which yeah. is about apes, but they're not as big. And then yes. back in the... 30s, like I want to say maybe 33, there was the original King Kong. Right. Several years before um, Hitler rose to power. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't. I think mean, he was well and truly seated at that point, but you know. Um, okay, so a yeah. A long I, time before Revolver, that's for sure. So, that, that's definitely for sure. So I've seen the, yeah, the 2005 or six one. Yep. I've seen that one. I've seen that one. I saw the most recent one. I've never actually seen the original. Should we watch it for our 22... Short Flem's uh, about or tangentially related to Springfield. Uh, yeah, we could put it on the list. Yeah. Um, I, I assume there's other King Kong references in The Simpsons. I, I feel like the I image of Homer as like a large ape goes beyond this episode. It might be in the comics. It might be just floating around mm. somewhere. But Yeah, we can, add, we can add it to the list. Yeah, we can certainly think I mean, about it. you are the custodian of the list, so you'll add it to the list. I mean, there's not a list. It's all in my head. It's Shh, don't give away the secret. We need them to think there's a list. We need the listeners to think that we have any idea what we're doing. Well, if there's secrets that we can't give up, I mean, that's the least of them. We have so many terrible secrets that we have to protect. So many secrets. It's been a long time since we've done a whispering bit. Remember when we used to do those yeah. in the first few episodes? Well, it's easy when we had the individual mics. Yeah, the individual mics. Yeah, because here we have to get yeah. very close if we both yeah. want to whisper. Yeah. yeah, we have to get very close to each other, which we're avoiding because you have a cold and I'm recovering from a cold. Yes, you're yeah. a recovering coldict. Yes. What? <laughs> like cold, a recovering addict, but like cold instead of... Yeah, cold dict. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it I get the, what you're implying. Put it on the ass. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is this even a podcast anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've just looked at my next notes and you're not going to like them because they're tangents. So I might just pick I, I have fewer things to say about this one having not seen the movie King Kong. But it seems like it seems like it must be a very straightforward parody because there's shots in there that I'm like, I bet that is a shot from the movie. Oh, yeah. That's, like this yeah. front on shot of like Homer's face when like his mouth opens. That seems very much like a 1930s monster film. Yeah, that's a really good point. <coughs> Little cough there. Little, uh, little cough. King cough. I like that everyone in the film is just like the workers of the power plant. I like Lenny saying, hey, Homer, quit eating me. I like uh, I like Smithers' joke about semen. That's good. Yep. <laughs> so, a lot of fun little things in this one. Uh, I also like that they point out, because I'm pretty sure in King Kong, they capture the ape, they take him back to New York, they put him on display, and they're like, hey, look at this ape. 
And uh, I feel like this episode points out that this would not be an exciting show beyond the first, like, 15 minutes of, like, yeah. hey, there's a big monkey. No, he's just standing around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long the 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 production in the original narrative yeah. was it supposed to be, here, here's a three-hour extravaganza while this guy stands. <laughs> oh, something I found slightly perturbing in this is that, it, you know, we see the... Um, uh, the big placard out front that says, you know, One Night Only in King Kong, plus the chubbiest kick line in town. Yep. And then we see the, the dancing girls in the kick line um, as they're leaving the stage, and they are 100% the same size as everyone else in the town, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that's a bit annoying. Um, yeah, it's the implication meant to be that typically... The kick line would be very thin, and like the expectations were unreasonable, or is it? I mean, maybe just like a bad joke. Is it? A, yeah, is it a joke that didn't land? Are they making a comment on how in the thirties it was, you know? But like, you know, who wants to go see an emaciated kick line? <laughs> the most emaciated kick line in town, though. The most that I'd show up for. Oh, I mean, they can barely get two kicks in before they faint. <clears throat> so emaciated. Look at the size of that platform. Uh, the the emaciated. <laughs> Whatever you gotta go down, man, let's leave it. I, right. <laughs> I was about to do some singing. One of my notes just says snootful, and I'm trying to remember what that's in relation to. Snootful? Yeah, the word snootful appears at one point. Possibly when he's hucking the gas at the monkey, he might say, give him a snootful of gas. Oh, yes, I think it does. And then we get very sexy birds. <laughs> I was strolling through the gas one day with a. Yeah, you start like sweating and tugging at your collar. Look at that sexy birds. <laughs> We're at, really into it. Look at that sexy burns. <laughs> I'm bringing sexy burns. Sorry. I really, um, I'm glad he doesn't kill Barney is one of my notes here because Barney gives him the peanut and then starts kicking him. I'm like, you know, I'm always glad that Barney doesn't die in this this little segment. That, that's handy. It's nice that Barney gets to live. Lenny and Marge's dad, we can dispense with them, but it's nice that <laughs> yeah. Barney gets to live. I also like, um, at the end, to jump for a little bit, when Marge and Homer are getting married and... Mrs. Bouvier says, where's your father? And, uh, very, very good. And the, and Homer is eating the dad. That's a very nice way of skipping past the fact that they don't have like a character model for Marge's dad. Yeah, that's a fun point. And that they don't want to reveal him during a Treehouse of Horror segment, I suppose. Yeah. So we know what one of his legs looks like. <laughs> sure. And we can deduct from that that it probably isn't Norman. But beyond that... I was about to say, is Marge's dad Norman? And then I, I freaked out because I think maybe we discussed that as a possibility in around episode 13, I think. I reckon Marge's dad being Norman came up before. Because the way the way that Homer said... Sorry, this is... Mm. All we need is Norm! <laughs> um, uh, our recurring segment. The, the way Homer says, hey Norm, you got dragged here too, could be the way you would talk to a father-in-law. Yeah, it could be. Not outside the realms of possibility. And yeah. so maybe they want to keep... Maybe what they're actually trying to do is throw us off the scent by not showing us Norm. Mm. I think the Simpsons are in a deliberate ploy against us. Ah, I think from the very beginning when they started playing this, from the very I think Matt Groening walked into the first meeting. He's like, all right, guys, in about 20 years from now, I think all the podcast is going to start happening. <laughs> and eventually some people are going to do podcasts about the Simpsons. Oh, they're going to be any good? Well, yeah, probably. They'll be fine. But, you know, they're going to spread these conspiracy theories. And, Limited uh, actual Simpsons content. But other than that, I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're kind of entertaining, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's going to be ones like, there's going to be four-finger discount, the Simpsons Index, everything's coming up, uh, 
Simpsons, uh, Ion Springfield. One of them has terrible, terrible knowledge of Australian history, but pretty good knowledge of niche Australian fashion shops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my joke was going to be that they didn't mention us at all, but, you know, it's oh, fine. I, oh, so I've kind of lost track of the bit we're talking and feel like I want to reel it back. So, uh, oh, that's a good sound effect. Yeah, it's fine. Is that the sound that Nintendo Labo fishing rod makes? So I was going to make it? a fishing rod really noise. I'm like, I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have that power in me. Uh, you going to try for it? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the... Because uh, you, you need like a you need the percussive part of the reel turning. But you also need... A, if you're doing it very fast, you also need a bit of a whine from the friction of the show. I think it's too hard for me. Well, let's talk about uh, some more Simpsons content. Because I really okay, like... Yes. I think it's a very good joke... <laughs> That instead of Homer climbing to the top of the Empire State Building and then getting shot down by the planes, I really think it's like a nice touch that he barely manages to climb up a few stories and then collapses because yes. it is the like, here's the Homerism within this ape. Yes, that's a very... This quidgy yes. boy. Just a big, dumb, balding North American ape with no chin. Very good. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. No, I enjoy that bit. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good episode of The Simpsons. I don't know if we've really said that. Oh, no, it's a very good episode. <laughs> this of the long podcast about The Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> a pod about nothing. Um, my note relates. These podcasts are making me thirsty. I'm so full of ideas for a Seinfeld podcast. That's very good. Well, what? I got that and maybe one other. Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought about doing a crossover between the Froget guy and the, the frozen yogurt. This yogurt is so fucking delicious. <laughs> Sim, uh, Seinfeld yeah. thing. Yeah. But maybe I'll do that as a Simpsfeld, that meme that we very occasionally post. <laughs> very occasionally is generous. We maybe did it once for like three days. We got a lot of people involved. We got a lot of people involved. Got no traction for the podcast whatsoever. Well, it's because we did it about nine months before we ever started releasing the podcast. <laughs> And, and not... even then, we were posting things we'd come up with years prior. <laughs> Literally years. <laughs> um, my last remaining note is about segment three, but I don't want to push you into segment three too early, James. You mean dial Z for zombies or dial Z for zombies, I guess? Zombies. Yeah. Um, uh, zombies sounds like a toy that would be advertised on. Like, Okay, I just got to check. Your seven. last note isn't a reference to that time that we went out when we were younger and we got those zombie chews. <laughs> And you filmed me eating one while narrating, stay away from zombie chews, is it? It wasn't going to be about that. <laughs> Good. It wasn't going to be about that. Too I, niche. I tell you, stay away from zombie chews. Which became a weird running joke between the two of us because you sounded tired and haunted while recording it. <laughs> Speaking of tired and haunted. Yep. I can hear a laughter going on in the back of it. It's very strange. I'm just, I'm throughout... Look, I've just come to accept that this is a haunted recording and that there is a ghoul uh, haunting it. Ghoul. Yes. Um, uh, no, my last note is when we see all the when we see the zombies come back to life in the third segment, they have a palette of skin tones that look quite toothpasty. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are kind of pale greens, pale blues. Oh, now this is you interesting know, because that's not the first time you mentioned to me toothpaste during the recording toothpaste. Yeah, yeah you've got a so, toothpaste link in segment one. So I'm, I'm, I think that these segments exist in in yeah. separate worlds. Segment not, one, uh, dial F for Froget. <laughs> dial F for Froget. Yeah. Uh, the the Froget guy, the shop guy. Yeah. Has toothpastey skin. He does. I think that that guy. 
is actually a zombie. I really like that there's a distinction between pasty skin and toothpaste skin. <laughs> toothpaste skin. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good point. Uh, one, you know, looks patchy and horrible. The other one looks uh, minty fresh. You know what else they all kind of look like? What? They kind of look like the accountant that Homer talks to back in season three. Oh, and you shit. know who he kind of looked like? Well, he was a potential norm runner. Yeah, but also he was in league with... Oh, he was in league with Dr. Colossus. Dr. Colossus. Wait, are you saying these are Dr. Colossus zombies? I mean, there's a possibility, Fuck. right? There's a... Fuck! There might be some sort of Colossus zombie link here, I think. Fuck! And Colossus implanted the book in the occult section of the yeah. library, knowing that Bart and Lisa would be inquisitive and raised the dead. Yeah, I think he looked around and said, you know what is weird that this school has an occult section in its library, but I think I can, uh... I think I could make use of that. Bring in these Simpsons that I've been sort of, uh, haunting, like a ghoul, and, uh... Yeah, I think there's some sort of Colossus link going on. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, listen to our older episodes, I guess. But there's definitely, the work of Dr. Colossus is definitely felt throughout the entire run of this show is one of the arguments we're making. Are you solving an anagram right now? I'm trying to see if a cult section can anagram to Colossus. <laughs> Colo. Um, I'm going to have to use a C rather creatively. <laughs> Wait, are there words? Is, is, is there, are there any words in which a, a C can be used to make an S sound? There will be, but I need to link it with an, an S. Scent? Yeah, that's, that's linked with an S. I've only got one S. Well, <coughs> scent is also spelt with a C. Oh, as in like the money kind of scent. Yes. Yeah. Follow the money. Haven't I always said that? In the word scent with an SC, is it the S or the C that is silent? That's a very, very good question. Yeah. Um, okay, what letters have I got That's left? a question I used to pose to my English class, and then it's one of those questions without a proper answer. Unless there is, in which case I should have known and told them, but, you know, you're doing a little word jumble. In, this is, this is probably not a very interesting Well, let me, let me look at some notes that maybe I can get into while you're, uh... Yeah, yeah, please do. So, Bar gets the Book of the Occult. I like that when he slams it shut, he sees all the faces, like the ghost faces in the book. He slams it shut... And they all say ow in turn instead of all saying ow at once. At once. Which is a nice little touch. You go ow, 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 ow. It's quite polite. Doesn't really make sense, but whatever. Uh, We find out that Mayor Quimby has a cousin. Uh, Is it a cousin? Clovis Quimby? Uh, Beer swilling cousin Clovis? Yeah, Clovis. Yeah. Is Clovis a name you've come across before? I want to know more about Clovis Quimby. I want Clovis Quimby to pop up at some point... uh, Al Jean, if you're listening, I know you're in production season 30 at the moment. Maybe you could do an episode on Clovis. Maybe Clovis gets a cell phone or something, you know? That could be an episode. Later on when the zombies pop up, we see old mate uh, Grandskeeper, should I say Grinskeeper Willie. He's tending to... So... Wait, let me finish my point and then we'll get to yours. Sorry, I got very excited. <laughs> I can see, but he's, he's tending to the front garden at the school. And he says, uh, pretty as a picture, the zombies burst out. Now, people always focus on the fact that dead bodies are being buried on the school grounds. And yeah, that's kind of freaky. What's really creepy to me, though, is that Groundskeeper Willie is expected to work at night. Yeah. He's there all day. He's there all night. I feel like the unfair labor practices that Willie's being subjected to are really, in a way, the scariest part of this episode. I see what you've done there, James. You've turned it around on its head and made, you've made a nice little labour laws point. It's a scathing commentary on labour practices scathing. in that country in the 90s. Yeah. And if it was a skating commentary on labour practices in the 90s, it'd be heaps rad. Nick, can I just say, 
Cowbunga, dude. So, occult section. <clears throat> if we take this C as to be pronounced in the cent as in dollar, yep. then what you get from a cult section is nice colossus TT. <laughs> TT stands for terrifying time. <laughs> nice colossus, it says. No, that, that's the C that's being pronounced like cent is in the, the, the money cent. Mm, but this could be like an ancient dead language. This mm. could be the word for colossus if like... Uh, in Aramaic? Sure. Sure. Uh, so nice colossus terrifying time. Okay. So that's the TT? That's what it, yes, TT stands for Terrifying Time. Well, that's very spooky. It, it's extremely spooky because what it's saying is, like, it's a little bit like the no money down thing. It's like, nice yeah. Colossus, no, 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 Terrifying Time. Yeah. And it's the Colossus that put the book in the library, and he was the one that was responsible for bringing his toothpasty horde back to life. His toothpasty terrors. That's TT. Oh, my God. <laughs> Colossus and his nice toothpasty terrors. <laughs> There it is. Oh, uh, we've done it. We've cracked well, it. Well, that's all for episode 36. No, you've probably got more to talk, to talk about. I, I have several things to talk about. Now, there's a bit where Bud and Lisa run in like, oh, Dad, we've raised the dead. Where are your kids? And um, he says, did you... Something about the car. Like, did you damage the car? No, we raised the dead, but the car's okay? Yes. This is like... The most dad thing ever, I think. <laughs> this is like, I feel like everyone has a story about their dad reacting stupidly to something. Yeah. And this is that story. And I like it. It's good. It is good. It's a good piece of writing. I also enjoy... In this, the most influential show on the television. Yeah. I also enjoy that, uh, yeah, the the first suggestion that Homer has was that the car's destroyed. The second suggestion is raise the undead. Which kind of makes me think maybe Homer had some kind of premonition. Perhaps... Perhaps the Bee Gees came to him through the Bee Gees board um, <laughs> to let him know that Colossus was planning to raise a horde of toothpasty terrors. Yeah. I mean, maybe. There's a possibility. Maybe also, the, maybe the Froget guy told him about it. Toothpasty terrors. TT could also stand for terrific teeth. It could. Sorry. <laughs> Semi-painless dentistry. Oh. Yeah. Candy dentistry. We know that semi-painless dentistry disappeared around the time the candy dandy came to town. Also, if we if we use the soft C pronunciation, it would become Sandy Dandy, which makes me think he's some kind of <laughs> desert-based fop character. A desert-based fop who maybe got the carpet you rejected <laughs> installed in his store. The sarpet that I rejected? <laughs> So you were going to drink a glass of water and you like put it down and leaned forward with such intent on purpose. <laughs> well, what's he going to do here? Is he thought of another connection? And then you come in with sarpet. <laughs> a book of sarpet samples. Sorry, pronouncing things with a soft C is my new favourite. <laughs> sarpet Campbell, which sounds like a Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't they just announced a movie where... Um, uh, uh, Lando Carizian teams up with Sarpet Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> nice Lando pull there. Thanks. You know, it's, it's really about time that people gave Donald Glover a break. Like, you know, he's, he, more people need to know about Donald Glover. Yeah, sure. No, I, I, was just, I mean, he because he's... Uh, the joke there, which wasn't a very good one, is that he's <laughs> literally does everything brilliantly. Yeah. And so it wouldn't it be funny to assume <coughs> that no one knows who he is. Donald Glover, if you are listening, we would love to have you on the podcast. Very unlikely that he is listening. Well, you know, you never know. Well, I mean, hello if he is. Donald Glover, hello. We like you. We like your music. I like Atlanta. I assume Nick hasn't watched it. I haven't watched it. I like John Community. I like the other stuff <coughs> you do. 
You're a good lad. We would like to have you on the podcast. Yes. Open invitation to Donald Glover. Yes. And Danny Glover as well. Unrelated person. But if Danny Glover wants to come on, talk about Lethal Weapon. Oh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yeah, right. So anyway, The Simpsons. Sure. Which is the TV show that we're talking about here. Uh, Now, we see Krusty. And he's talking about a sweepstake they're going to have. Sweepstake. He opens the box to say, here's what you could win. Ha <laughs> I'm Krusty. I'm not a doll anymore. Oh. And uh, Mel is in there. And he's a zombie now. And he pulls Krusty in. What was the implication before they knew that Mel was a zombie? What could people win? Yeah. Because if it's win Sideshow Mel, that's weird. Yeah. And raises some question about labor laws again. Yeah. Um, this episode is secretly about labor laws, I Nick. I think this episode is secretly about labor Isn't laws. Isn't the real zombie the idea that we um, have to... Uh, labor laws. Isn't the real that was, that villain... Was, that was flawless, Jack. <laughs> Maybe the real ghost haunting this episode is our work schedules. Oh, Because we're meeting on a Sunday. We had other things to do today. I mean, just be hungover and cry is my normal (laughs) Sunday morning schedule. Uh, Well, okay, here's the thing. Either the prize was intended to be a non-zombie Mel, or... Mel knew that they were going to do this big reveal of the box, and so he thought, mm. that's my tactic of how I'll get close to Krusty. And I guess we'll never know which it was, which is going to haunt me, much as your house seems to be haunted. Haunted by a child. Yep. Uh, now, here's a here's my controversy corner. Oh, are we doing controversy corner now? Yep. Now, there's a joke in this episode that people love, but I, James... One of the two hosts of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Is it in the A third? podcast nominally about uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> nominally about or otherwise tangentially related to The Simpsons. <laughs> now, there's a joke in this episode that I don't love, that people love. Is it in the third segment? It is. Can I try and guess what it is? Yes, you can. Uh, oh, is it when the zombies look in Homer's ear and determine he doesn't have a brain? I don't love that, but I feel like that's not a beloved <clears throat> joke. Okay, sure. The way the one that kind of bothers me is. All right. I think I'm fresh out of ideas. Okay, so when Ned walks up and Homer shoots him and Bart says, Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders? And Homer says, he was a zombie? I think that's bending the reality a little too much for this segment. I feel like maybe a later Treehouse of Horror could have gotten away with it, but I don't think this one is quite bending the reality of who the Simpsons are enough to get away with the joke of Homer being willing to kill Flanders without confirming he's a zombie first. Yeah, because I I guess at this stage, Flanders is just like... He hasn't gone into being the complete annoying monster that they've made him now in the modern HD era. Mm. He's just a very nice man. Yes. Um, yeah. And Homer like, has always been driven by jealousy towards him, and we know yeah. that, and uh, has wished him ill will, but... Murdering him's a big step, and even if this is a treehouse of horror, I don't love that joke. I don't think it's in character enough that they get away with it. And yeah, no, I can I can get behind that. I see what you mean. I see yeah. what you mean. It's a bit of a stretch. Yes. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with all the other wacky shit going on that Einstein and Shakespeare and all the others are wanting around the school. That's kind of fun. And, and that they were all buried in Springfield. Yeah. Springfield, I, I had no idea it was so geographically well, you know, important. It's, it's a little known fact that most people, when they die, are shipped to Springfield, USA, to get buried. Oh, yeah. I, I was not aware of that. You're right. Yeah. I was not aware. It's, it's, un, it's unusual, but it's, uh, it's what happens. Thank you for enlightening me. Well, you're welcome. People out there listening, just so you know, that's what's going to happen when you die. Yes. <laughs> yep. Thank you. 
I'm glad Barney survives this one. But <laughs> Barney survives. Yeah, we it? see him in the school. He's eating an arm. He's like, hey, I'm Barney. I'm the wacky friend. Oh, bet you didn't forget about me. And then he walks away. Oh, Barney. I also like that Kang and Kodos are showing, and they've been observing plums. Is Barney called Barney because, like, Fred Flintstone's best mate was called Barney? I hope so. Is there, is there a running... Oh, and um, How I Met Your Mother. Is there a running thing where, like, little chum mates are all called Barney? It's a possibility. Wow. Now, I want to go back to the, uh, the Kang and Kodos thing. Because they pop up in every Halloween and they talk about... Uh, Did you say Kang or Kang? I said Kang. Oh. They talk about they, they see humanity, Kong and Kodos. Ooh, wouldn't that be a thing? Oh, there's a crossover. Yeah, but they say they see like humanity is going to like rot away like plums on the on the vine, something yes. like that. And that reminded me of something I need to tell you. This is just to say, Nick, I've eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Uh, forgive me. They were delicious, so sweet and so cold. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. Is this a sneaky peeks thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> is this, um, wait, hang on. What are other pop culture things I don't understand? Is this some um, Post Malone? Are you rapping Post Malone <laughs> lyrics at me? Post Malone, no. No. Is it pre Malone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I, I don't know what plums in the icebox relate to. Someone will get it, it's fine. Right. Is that the second game they play at the Christmas party of Preparation Age? They've got to put it in on the arse and then they got they've got plums. army plums in the icebox. Army plums in the icebox. All right, well, since you read... Which is like bobbing for apples, except you isn't like an esky full of ice and you try to get plums out. <laughs> um, well, since, since you read me a, a bit of poetry... <clears throat> Yeah, uh, which I presume that was. I'll read you my favorite bit of poetry by Nail, age six. <laughs> the tiger, he destroyed his cage. Yes, yes, the tiger is out. Yeah, genuinely one of my favorite. It's a poems. very good poem. It's a very good poem. What's like his name? Nail. N a e l. Nail. Nail. Well, kid, if you're out there, we'd love to have you on the podcast to talk yes. about The Simpsons, or to just sort of quietly haunt us one or the other. <laughs> That was a weird laugh on my part. <laughs> Your throat is dying. Well, let's uh, let's, so let's talk about how this episode ends because it's a really, really great critique, I think, Nick, on consumerism and television culture in the way. Do you mean how this episode of The Simpsons end, or do you mean that we should talk about how this episode of Pods and Cue Springfield ends? Because currently we haven't done the ending, and I'm not sure how we would talk about it. Well, I think um, I think that would be preemptive of us. Frankly, I think we should talk about how the episode of The Simpsons ends, and maybe that will lead us into an ending of the podcast. Okay, cool. Yes, look. Okay, I'm, so, I'm glad we clarified. Thank you. So, The Simpsons are sitting at home saying, man, I'm really glad we didn't turn into mindless zombies, oh, man. Fuck. That would have sucked, dude. Cowabunga. And then Lisa's like, ah, I like school and learning, and I'm glad that I didn't turn into a zombie too. And Homer's like, do, do, do. I'm also glad. And Marge says, mm, turning into a zombie wouldn't be a good idea. And then Maggie's just sucking to pacify. That's how it goes, right? Yes. So they're watching TV, though. They're watching TV. And TV, Nick, 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 you ready for this? Fuck. TV makes them act like zombies. What an incredibly naff observation. They're watching the television and it's like they're zombies, man. They can't pull their eyes away from the screen. I can't say the word naff enough to to properly encapsulate Nick, have you ever thought about is. how the way we're always looking at screens and we don't communicate with each oh, other anymore? Fuck. No, not this riff. 
I don't want to be involved in this riff again. It took so long to get out last time. This riff, I call it the Malone. And for so long, I was living in a post-Malone world. And now I'm back into an intra-Malone world. (laughs) Intra-Malone. I have no idea who or what Post Malone is. Intra-Malone is just a rapper who walks on stage while other people are rapping and just starts shouting. Oh. Yeah, like like push a tease up on stage and uh, Intra-Malone just walks out. Yo, we live our life through screens. <coughs> Why can't we talk to one another? I'm you here. won't even look me in the eye like you, my brother. <laughs> so he goes on and on like that. Oh, fuck. Uh, Why are you always on Facebook? Why are you always on Twitter? <laughs> you have your baby girl out there. You gotta go and meet her. It goes on and on. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Alright, alright, everyone. I'll be back in another 20 minutes to do more songs about social etiquette in the modern age. Thanks, everyone. He's doing his goodbye still in the middle of somebody else's song. Oh, yeah. No, he's gonna come back and do an encore in the middle of Busby T or whatever you said before. Busby T. It's always. <laughs> That's not what you said, was no. I? Where's Busby coming from? <laughs> I'm not sure. Was that like a 90s video game mascot? <laughs> oh, it was, wasn't it? That was Bubsy. Oh, Bubsy. Bubsy the Bobcat. Bubsy the Bobcat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> cool. I've got nothing else. <laughs> Just walks out, getting the mail. Why can't we get off of the Instagram? We should go outside. We should go ham. And he just walks off again. We should go ham. Hard as a motherfucker. Huh. Okay. I wasn't aware that that was an acronym. That's what it means. A rapronym, if you will. No. Okay, I'll take that. I take that back. I take that back. So you know what I'm doing? I'm making a backronym. I'm taking it back. It's pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> I think backronyms already word that exists. For when people reverse engineer acronyms. Yeah, I walk out there, I give a bad acronym. It doesn't go down well, so I take it backronym. That's, yeah. That's pretty good. Should I become a rapper? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I You're looking for a way to suffer that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I say this as someone who loves and cares for you deeply. Please don't do that. <laughs> you don't think I could drop a beat? What, like pick up some beaters and then drop yeah, them? Rock, rock a rhyme, rock a rhyme that's right on time, get tricky. Oh, oh is that... Okay. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Anyway, yeah. this has been Pods in the Gift Springfield. <laughs> yes. A podcast entirely devoted to The Simpsons and nothing else. We never stray. We <laughs> never stray. We never I, stray. I, I didn't even I didn't even go into the tangents about the Where's Wally TV show that I was going to talk about. What was your tangent going to be? <laughs> well, no, I just thought it was interesting because that they have Bart's reading the very lackluster Where's Waldo, yeah. as we would call it. We call it Where's, Where's Wally, Wally over here for some um, reason. And then I was just going to talk about how the, the the TV show was pretty cool. Had the wizard and they had traveling through time. I learned a lot about and it. And occasionally you'd get like the tableau and you'd have to find Wally there. Yeah, because they would, they would pause it. So what they would do, in my recollection, is going to the last ad break, they would put up the picture, they would put up the tableau for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Then they'd Where's come... my man Wally? <laughs> man, I don't know. Let's spend 30 seconds staring at this tableau, you know. When, Intra Malone would come out. When I was... When Although I, he was still pre-Malone at that point. When I was setting up the ad break thing, I could see you staring <laughs> through me and kind of rocking a bit. And I was like, what's going on? And then you came up with the rap. I'm like, oh, you would... you would jo- I could see... I actually see the cogs turning in your brain. And then they'd come back from the ad break. They'd leave it up for another 15 seconds and then they would highlight where he was. Yeah. 
Where's Wally? Good TV show. I feel like Where's Wally is <clears throat> one of those things where, like, when I discovered that in the US, it was called Where's Waldo. Mm. There was, like, as a child, this brief period of, like, completely <coughs> uh, undeserved snobbery about it. Oh. Like, this period of, like, Waldo, <laughs> that's not as good. It's the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <clears throat> I have no idea why it was changed. Well, uh, should we wrap up our episode of this podcast? Probably. <laughs> You're just on your phone now, looking up, um, trying to find Wally, I guess. Uh, in international editions, Wally has often been given a name in a local language. Uh, Willy, Wally, Jura, Holger, Volley, Valu, Charlie. Oh, in French, it's Charlie. In French, it must be like Uwe le Charlie. <laughs> Where is the Charlie? Uh, in German, it's Walter, which is great. Where's Walter? Um, it, uh, 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 Valdas, Willy, Wally, Hugo in Swedish. Um... <clears throat> this has been fun, hasn't it? thing I always found is, um... Hey, I was right with my guess on French. It's Uwe Charlie. <laughs> Very good. Je suis Charlie. You know, when I find that when you really go looking for Wally, sometimes what you really find is yourself. Wait. Sorry, what? The thing is, you watch too much TV and you become like a zombie. So this has been Buzz uh, in the Key of Springfield. All right. A podcast which is perfectly safe to listen to. Definitely won't melt your mind with just a tone of fucking bullshit yes. from two idiots. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So uh, find us on all the socials. Yeah, um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I think by this point we're back to the weekly release schedule. We are, yep. Yeah, uh, cool. You can email us, Buzz in the Key of Springfield at gmail.com and... Ask us about uh, where to find the wizard's key in the, you know, the Simpsons reference. You get what it is. Okay, so this has been Post in the Key of Springfield, Woozer, Wuzzle. This podcast contains potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? Yes. I think Nick actually believes his house is haunted, so you know you gotta you gotta keep doing the, the little ghosty thing you're doing, okay? I think he's noticed you just sitting on his couch making all the noises. So, oh God. <laughs> anything you want to say to the listeners and positive the kids, Springfield? Oh, okay. What are you gonna say? Hi. That was good. I think yeah. I, I think they'll enjoy that. Yeah.